Today we are here with Stephen. It's another week where I'm drinking this green juice while we record y'all. So I don't know. I have no idea yet. This is like a one of one situation so far because we did it for the last episode. If you thought my podcast performance was particularly strong last week, and if you enjoy what I'm doing this week, let us know. Send us a DM because maybe it's the green juice. I don't know. Um, but hit us up. Green juice power. And Johnny. What's up, guys? I'm glad to be here, guys. So to start off, why don't you introduce yourself, your house, and your Patronus? Oh, man. Um, well, my name is Actually, my official name is Jonathan. Like, my real name is Jonathan. People get it mixed up with, like, oh, Johnny, since everyone calls me Johnny. Uh, but, yeah, it's Jonathan. And my house is Slytherin. Love the Slytherins. And my Patronus, I would say a wolf. <laughs> Do you prefer Jonathan over Johnny? I, I, it got to a point that, like, I really don't. It's kind of, like, the same thing to me. Like, um, at work, they call me the same thing. So it's, like, it's just there. What is it about a wolf that you feel is 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 your patronus? Like what 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 qualities of a wolf do you appreciate? I don't even know what the right question is. I would. I, that's that's a perfect question. I, I completely understand. Um, I would say like the just the lone wolf aspect of it. Like you could be in a pack, you could be stronger together, or you could just be you know strong by yourself. Uh, you don't really need anyone to like push you along you could you're just self-motivation I guess so you are at least in my eyes for what that's worth one of the more highly engaged frequent and just really strong kind of park update content creators out there I'll thank um, you man. Like really, like you, you, you're always. I mean, look, if I live near the parks, I'd probably always be at the parks too. But um, I couldn't guarantee the same level of content. Um, but yeah, you, you, you always seem to have kind of a really vibrant, fun take on any and everything happening at the parks. Before we get to Universal, though, I'm curious, where does your Potter journey begin? Like, how does Harry Potter first start in your life? Oh man, this is this is gonna this is gonna go semi-viral at this moment. <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to come because, uh, uh, but thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, I'm actually like stationed in Miami, Florida. So I literally do not even live close. Well, technically I live close. Four hours is pretty close uh, for some people. But uh, yeah, I uh, just aside from that, um, where did it all start? Um, I, it's horrible. Uh, my my, my ex-girlfriend, that's the only good thing that she left behind was the 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 fandom of the potters um the pottergram and all of that i basically like i used to make fun of her like why are you dressed like that like oh that's like nerdy that's geeky oh my god like high socks like what the heck robes and like 100 degree weather like what are you doing you're gonna pass out and then like we parted ways um and then i became that person <laughs> I became the the person in the robe with a hundred degree weather in Florida, sweating and still saying, "Akio one box and all of that." Well, you know, it's funny. I guess two things I'll say is first, to your point about four hours being close for some people. A, I'm in Connecticut, so you know, <laughs> I, I I would take the drive up I four or whatever, right, any day over over you know flying from Hartford. I guess how do you? 
you know, how do you go? Because that's a pretty quick kind of hair point turn to go from someone who whose ex girlfriend introduced them into this into this world uh, to someone who now uh, you know if the listeners want to check out you know the collecting wizard, be it you know your YouTube content, your your Instagram stuff. You've got a really impressive collection room. It's museum <laughs> quality, right? So, like, bridge that gap for me. How do you go from oh, you're wearing high socks and a robe to a, a wall of Harry Potter stuff yeah. behind you? Yeah, talk to us about that. <laughs> yeah, zero to one hundred, real quick. Uh, basically, ah, uh, basically, like, I guess I want to say I started collecting. I want to say that like my very first item was the Snape wand, and I got the Snape wand literally a week before he passed away like alan rickman and i got that and i went to um i got it in diagon alley because you know diagon alley that's where the the official olivander's one um store was so i went over there went through did the whole thing did literally the whole thing as a grown-up as like i felt like a little kid went through a hogsmeade station all of that and then rode the forbidden journey and as I was going through the queue, I saw like some flowers in front of the potions classroom. And I was just like, oh my God, like they, these people, these universal TMs, like just the vibe, like they really care about as far as like putting flowers in front of a, like in the middle of a queue line because of like real events happened. And it was just like, just all of that. It was just what the reason why I just like dove like head first into like this whole realm. And then uh, basically, like my collection just happened, I want to say two years ago, like this ha- all happened in a matter of like possibly a year. And then I just kept growing and growing. Um, I started with a small little shelf. I have it actually like right here. It, it holds my vinyl, uh, my vinyl record and all of that. And I was just like, dude, this is a lot. Like, this is crazy. And then I got these bad boys behind me from my shout out to Ikea. <laughs> Uh, I got like two shelves that they just like boom like they're huge and I'm like oh my god there's like so much space I could put so many things and then that didn't last a couple of months I, I needed to get more and it just spiraled out of control to where I am <laughs> it's funny you're at least the second or third person I know who we've talked to who has said they use Ikea to house all their collection and look, no shots at Ikea, because I love, I love going to Ikea. And this is probably more of a user error thing than anything else. But I'm always afraid when I put the furniture together that, like, it's not going to hold. And that's nothing to do with the quality. It's more like that's I don't you know putting what the it together. But, like, I have some of the little four-square kind of lower bookshelves right next to me here. And, you know, they kind of wobble <laughs> a little bit. And it makes me nervous. So good, good for you for being Don't comfortable. Put a drink on top. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, right now I've got pins all over these things and I'm afraid if I put one more pin, like the whole thing's going to just come crashing down. That is based on your ability. I mean, right now, Ikea, Ikea, Ikea. And the, I have the same shelf that you have, Johnny, except I have it in red. You got you. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with these. Yeah. It's so interesting because like you went from like zero to 100 and like just looking at this picture, I see five set different sets of Harry oh, Potter books. It, go, it goes pretty bad. It's like oh, all the way over there and it goes all the way to the other. Yeah, side. like it's no longer just, oh, I have one set of the books. Yeah. No. I see the Slytherin set. I see the UK set. The Nerdy Ink. The, these are my originals. 
over here, the ones that they're like completely highlighted, like all over the place, notes on the side, bitten parts from like when I had my dog, like he decided the first one was a, a real treat and he decided to go in on that. Uh, but yeah, I have, like I have everything, I have a lot. <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece of your collection? they're like all like my children like there there really isn't a, a special piece um I could go on and on about my pieces on why each of them are special like my subscribers send me some and those are very meaningful because I never would have thought any stranger would send me something um you know and then just like it's a lot like I have like the Hogwarts Lego set um castle like in like this freaking air not air sealed type but just like closed in like set is crazy it's just a lot everything is special to me <laughs> rare pieces everything well you mentioned your subscribers so maybe let's talk a couple minutes about the community that you've built right certainly you are are part of this much larger kind of online harry potter fan community but what has the community that you've curated through Instagram, through YouTube, right? Through your content, what, what have those people meant to you? They honestly, like, I know it's super cliche, but like they honestly mean the world to me. Like back when I was heading to London, I was at like 200 followers on, on YouTube. You get me? And now to see it like hitting the thousands, it's like, like, you, you see the number, but you don't believe it. And then I used to think like when I was in college, like my teacher would be like, don't, don't get scared that like, oh, you only have 30, 40, 50 followers. Like think of yourself like in an auditorium and filled with everyone that follows you. And I'm just like, that's a lot of people in an auditorium. <laughs> and then that's where I was just like, damn, I have to like, and like, like I, um, I guess I didn't say it, but like I try to give everyone that like DMs me, like everyone that tries to like communicate with me, like just my 110% because I don't want to be that guy that like, like I know how it feels to be on the other end. You get me? Like, I know how it feels to like, oh my God, I love your video. You love your video. And it's like, they just saw it or they'll just like, like the, the comment or whatever. Like, no, I go in and like, oh, how was your day? This isn't that. Like I try to give them my 110% because I was on the other side of like, I guess like no, I don't want to say a fanboy, but like I used to like look up to people, and then you know how they say like don't like uh, meet your idol and all of that. Like I want them to be like, no, I knew that guy, and he's awesome. Yeah, you know it's funny. I certainly have those people in my life who I look up to in, in terms of content creation. You know, there's a there's a couple of YouTubers in particular. Um, who, who I've loved for a handful of years now who have been inspirational to me. And I'm always like, huh, what would it be like if I met them? Right. And then I try in some way, shape or form, don't get me wrong, whatever the hell I do here on this podcast is at a far lower capacity than a lot of your amazing content that you're putting out. <laughs> but I think about like, Hey, like even if it's two people who we meet at LeakyCon who recognize us from the podcast, like how would I want that interaction to go? Right. Yeah. Like how, how can I try to, pay it forward, whatever cliche you want to use, right? Yeah. As much as possible. Um, because that's how I would hope my quote unquote idols, which please, if anyone out there looks up to me as an idol, <laughs> you need new idols. Please um, don't. Um, but like, I, I, I get that. I get that 100%. Yeah, because um, yeah, you, you, you'll never possibly see them ever again. Like they could be in like, I got people from Brazil, from Portugal, from like all these 
like countries like telling me oh my god i love your videos i'm not just like one day what if i meet them in person and they're just like he's not the same guy on like you get me and then i'm just like i'll never be that like i'll try to like you know like interact with them even if they're miles away like you never know you get me like you'll leave like a little imprint maybe they'll be like huge one day too and you know do you find that people recognize you while you're in the parks I find it so funny that people like stop me while I have a mask on, while I have a hat on. And I'm just like, how do you like from my eyes, how do you, how can you notice me? And it's just so funny to me. Cause like, I'm just a regular person, just like you guys. I'm, I'm literally just going to the park. I just film, take pictures, do all of that. And then people are like, wait, it's the purple shirt guy. Like they, they see me with my, my night bus shirt. And I don't know why like people gravitate towards that shirt, but they're just like, where do you get it? Oh, is it like every question that you have thought about about that shirt, they like question me about like, is it discontinued? Oh, the long sleeve, the hoodie, all of that. I'm just like, no, it's, it's still in the same place. Which I guess two perfect segues there. One is I am wearing a all destinations, nothing underwater, purple shirt, courtesy yeah. of Carrie and Brian at ROR Apparel. Shouts to y'all. We love you. I wore mine um, to the park yesterday. Nice. Uh, well, remember we almost wore the same shirt to the park couple, like last month? <laughs> yes. I think it might've been this one. I forget. Uh, it probably was. But you know, Johnny, it's funny. Um, the thing that I have found to be true is don't get me wrong. We love this podcast and uh, you know, the same way you love all of your content creation, but for a lot of our like listeners, for a lot of your, you know, your subscribers and your viewers, like we're part of their like weekly routine, right? Like every Thursday, like I know we're going to have people who are going to, whether it's when they're walking their kid outside or driving to work or whatever it is, right. They're going to tune into creating magic podcast. And that's why like, it still kind of takes me aback when people recognize us quote unquote, right. But it makes sense because, you know, even though we're doing this for, I mean, in our case, dozens, maybe five if we're lucky, right? In your case, hundreds and thousands of people, right? For them, every, you know, every week, Johnny has a new video and I'm watching that video and I feel like I know him. And that's been such an interesting dynamic for me to kind of get to understand and learn to love. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I try to like... Um, have this thing where like okay I'm recording like I my schedule is ridiculous guys like I don't know how these other big people do it but like like I get out of work at eight o'clock and from eight to eleven I'm either recording Monday Wednesday Friday and editing Tuesday Thursday like Saturday and Saturday I'm going crazy I'm filming four videos editing the following day all four to have them like lined up ready to go um it's just crazy. And I love it. I like, don't get me wrong. I would, I would love to do this for, forever. Which I guess before we start talking about the parks, cause I do want to get to that. Maybe a question I should have asked earlier is what, at what point did this whole idea of being a content creator become real for you? Right? Like, like when did you make the transition in your head from like, oh yeah, I'm doing this for fun to like, oh no, like this is something I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm editing all day Saturday. Like, like when did it go from like a fun hobby to like a pretty serious, I don't even know if side hustle is the right word. It seems like a pretty yeah. primary <laughs> hustle, but yeah. Um, 
I honestly, honestly don't know, but it possibly was because of like just a collection just started like literally flooding in and I'm just like, all right, I have it. Like I, I have this, I need it. And then beforehand to start off, like before YouTube, I used to be a photographer. So I used to be obsessed with like cameras. I have like a thousand dollar camera with a thousand dollar piece of glass on in front of it. So it's like, these things are just like, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to like just put aside like a $2,000 camera or setup. Like I'm going to use it. So it just went from like, okay, I'm not taking pictures. Cause I used to take pictures like as a side hustle. Um, and then now like this became my side hustle. Like basically this became like, just like an amazing experience to like, Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm super geeky when it comes to like cameras. So like, I'll be like, okay, uh, the lighting, like, Oh my God, if I see my videos beforehand, like I had a huge light in the back and like the camera could see it and I just didn't care. It was just, I, like ratchet is like the, the minimum, <laughs> like, like that I would consider it, but like, it was pretty bad. And then now like, because I, I have like I don't know if, I know they they can't see it physically but there's glass like everywhere right and I have to like play with like the reflections and I don't want like my bed in the shot and I don't want my vinyl to be like getting in the way so like I have to play with a lot of reflections and also I got people were like why did you get glass I got it because my dog like sleeps in my room and he sheds like an like a literal animal and he's just like all over so that's why like the the Hogwarts castle is like closed enclosed all of these are enclosed and even then hair just goes in it's a mess bro <laughs> okay wait, wait time out time out, time out. <laughs> your entire I won't say entire but this massive collection is also your bedroom it's in my room yes I I love to see like I said I walk in and it's just amazing because I have no. it like and I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I too would love that. My question that I'm getting to is your girlfriend. Oh yeah. She is she a Potter person and or she doesn't mind this massive collection in your bedroom because oh, that's yeah. where I feel like you have to find the perfect partner. Otherwise, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. No. It's a, she's a blessing to me to the least. Yeah. Like I would say that she's she's not like huge on Potter. She's definitely watched it because, you know, I just put it on and like, she's just like absorbed as much content as she could possibly. Um, but yeah, she will never get the grasp of like, like a rare item. Like, why does it cost? It's only a piece of plastic. Why does it cost almost a thousand dollars for a cardboard box? Like, why is this? Why is that? Like, she'll never grasp that. Uh, but yeah, this, this has been just to yeah a little a, a little a little move uh we're trying to get this out of here but then i'm just like like i would walk in and it's like oh yeah it's just a room like i, I love to see my my creations like to see my beautiful items to see my babies like if my dog can sleep here everything else can sleep here <laughs> From where you started, because we were just talking about like looking at your older videos, where do you want to take this? Like, what is your goal for your YouTube, your Instagram, for what you're doing and the content you're creating? As far as like goal, I don't really have one. Like, I just have like, I guess I have yearly goals where I'm just like, okay, this year I'm going to focus more on like, um, like expanding uh, my YouTube content to like maybe push a little bit more uh, videos out. 
uh, maybe this year, you know, I got this connection to this person. So I'm going to try to like, um, what's it called? Like have a, a better understanding of like what they do. And like, I try to get like uh, pieces of like people like inspo uh, from people, from companies. And like, I try to just like basically go um, just like well-rounded, I guess, like to try to like get like the best out of like other people to get the best out of them. Um, and just like, I guess like have more people go into like the YouTube, like go into YouTube. You get me? Like I have a lot of friends that like, they don't do YouTube at all. And they're like, oh, I always wanted to, but it's just like recording is weird and going to the parks and with a camera is super weird. I'm just like, do it. And then, yeah, the at first it's gonna be weird, but now like, I mean, I know I've been doing this for a long time, but like, I just go and press play and just keep going. And like, you might never see them again. So it doesn't even matter at that point. Just do what you love, I guess. Well, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Who are some of the people out there who have inspired you? Oh man. And a I know lot. there's gonna be a yeah. lot. I know yeah. there's gonna be yeah. a lot. So. And so let me preface by saying for all the listeners, this is not an exhaustive list. If he, do, if he doesn't name you here, it's not because you don't inspire him. These are just maybe the first people that came off the top of his head sitting here at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first would be, well, the first friend for me was uh, Dear Danelle. Like, I met her at, um, oh, my God, September 1st, I want to say like the back to Hogwarts day. And it's so funny because me and my girlfriend were there and we had just gotten our robes. We did the whole thing. And of course we filmed it. And then we went into um, the station and then we just saw her and she was there by herself. And I'm like, oh, you wanna, you wanna join us? Like, you know, I felt bad she was just there by herself. And then she's like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. And then after that, I took a picture of her. She took a picture of me. This was before Pottergram. I was not even in the whole realm. And she was just the first one there. And like, we got in, we took pictures of each other and that's it. Like we never exchanged anything. Then later on, like the slug club, like I saw her there and then like they tagged her and I was like, oh my God, I know you. I took, I took that picture for you. And oh my God, I took a picture for you guys as well. And then she was just the first one that I got in contact with and she's super cool now. Um, well, not that she was beforehand, but you got me. Um, Hector, I, I love Hector. Hector's hilarious um, from a Harry Potter corner, I believe. Um, I guess Rick's flicks just because he's like all about like the theme parks. Um, Peter, I love Peter. Peter is always helping me out with books and all of that to see how rare they are, to see how many quantities and all of that. All of those people just come to mind. Uh, but yeah. So let's talk a little more about the parks. Right. What are some of your favorite aspects of going to the parks? everything like this funny enough this weekend I went and I was there like my girlfriend didn't want to go in just yet because she had to do something so I'm like okay I'll go alone not to say that like without her it was, it, it's it's better but oh, I just walked slower I just got everything I needed I I walked through the bridge uh, the Velocicoaster bridge and the Velocicoaster was going over me and I was just like 
I could stay here like forever <laughs> if I really wanted to. I do, you know, I'll, I'll camp out here. Uh, yeah, it's just everything, just the aspect of like the theming. Like you basically are inside a movie that already happened, I guess, if that makes any sense. Just like the theming of the Jurassic World, um, Honey Dukes, just like the whole Wizarding World, walking to Diagon Alley, like the tight, um, like narrow passageways, you go through just everything is honestly like everything the theming is just on point well so danny and i have this conversation a lot when we go to the parks which is uh danny and i more so than kind of the average bystander are intense planners um like i i don't know if either of us knows how to just relax and have a good time like we always have an agenda of some sort right and so when you're going to a theme park there's always kind of a list of things you want to do and yeah even on your best of days, there's always something that doesn't get done because there's a line or a ride breaks down, like whatever. What are your, for Universal, right? If you had one day, right? What are those like must-have things that like, if you're going to have an awesome day, these are the things you have to get done. Depends. Is like, are the, is it Halloween Horror Nights? Is it Mardi Gras? Like, a normal, like a normal, normal non-thematic, like normal Saturday. Normal side. Well, Saturday, the line's already going to be hectic. So you got to okay, show up Okay, you're killing early. me. You're killing me with all the caveats <laughs> yeah. here. A, a normal day, Johnny, where... Don't worry about lines. Just you're able to go and you can do whatever you want. Top five things that... There's, no, there's no Florida thunderstorm. There's no nothing, right? <laughs> like a normal, nice day at the park. Everything's operating. All right. Perfect. Run to, to Diagon Alley. <laughs> Run to Diagon Alley. Get a butterbeer frozen butterbeer don't be like these crazy people with regular butterbeer <laughs> frozen butterbeer and if you can get the hot butterbeer as well just try both of them because the the hot butterbeer is only seasonal uh, i heard that they might keep it permanent don't know yet so don't confirm with me yet um and just ride as many rides as you can physically um go into the halloween um the, i'm sorry the makeup show the horror makeup show, go to that one, go see Beetlejuice, take a picture with Beetlejuice, go to the Rip Ride Rocket, blast Kanye on the Rip Ride Rocket. Uh, oh my God. If I could literally have a map, I'll just go, go here, go here, go here, go here, go here. You just need a uh, port key to every spot every, you want to get to. Literally, if, if it was me, like, and I had like some VIP access, I would just go to all the backlogs. Just, I want to see everything, everything that normal people cannot see. I want to see them all. <laughs> Are you one of those people like me who will go on Google Earth and look at all the backlots like that way? I, I do that for Halloween Horror Nights just to see like, um, as far as like, what are they creating? Like, is are they are the tents out already? Um, if someone hasn't posted it, I'll, I'll normally do that to see, you know, if it gets around, you know, November, uh, I'm sorry, September, August around there, they should already have tents out there. From a content creation perspective, what are some of your favorite areas, at least recently, um, to go take photos or film videos around the parks? Oh, the Velocicoaster Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. It's, first, is new content. And oh my God, the day I went uh, last Saturday, it was just bright as could be, no clouds outside, just pictures, videos. Oh, like it was just the bridge at um, uh, some points were like, just like with no one there. And I was just like, take a picture of me with the whole bridge. <laughs> it was just amazing. I, I loved it. 
You know, funny thing I think about this regret, regretfully now is so well, I went down to visit Danny, I guess a month ago now. Wow. Um, and we were at Univ- we were at Universal on a Sunday. And the the majority of the day, um, the bridge had been closed as it had been the whole time for for yeah. construction and all that. And as we were heading towards we were heading out of the park and we were heading back through um Islands of Adventure and all that. I said, I kind of commented very casually to Danny as we were walking by, oh, look, the bridge is open now. And someone said, should we go? And I was like, no, there's nothing back there. It's fine. Um, <laughs> what? Like, oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad about that one to this day. <laughs> no, I was I was ready. I knew I was gonna how it was gonna look like. I knew beforehand, like when I was be in the back of the three broomsticks when they were just creating the 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 whole thing. I was like, dude, that bridge, that thing's going over the bridge. Like, it, we need to be there as soon as it opens. We we want to see the we need to see the velocicoaster going over us. That that like one or two second stall that is like upside down. Oh my god, dude, just I'm ready to ride already. Yeah, I spent a good five, ten minutes over at the at the entrance area, kind of across from the Raptor encounter, right? Just watching it go through its test runs. It looks incredible. It it looks to have the speed of some of the parts of Hagride with a lot of the thrill of Incredible Hulk. Um yeah. oh, it it looks insane. It's it's created by by the same guy, the same guy that created the the Hulk, the Transformer, uh, is basically the one that that's creating this one. And I just I talk to him every now and then. He's he's hilarious. He the other day he actually bought like I want to say everyone that's working on the ride, like all the Velocicoaster hats. So I was like, that was super. I'm like, I wish you were my boss. <laughs> like that's a pretty cool thing to do. Well, speaking of merch, good transition point is I know just the other day, actually, um, I guess at the time of recording, it will have been like, or at the time of release, it will have been a week ago, a week and a half ago at this point. But um, I know that they opened up the brand new Universal store in City Walk and then converted the current store into a legacy shop. Um, I am assuming you've had a chance to go through there already. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Talk to us about that it's it's amazing as far as like the i went to the legacy store i have not gone to the universal or regular store that they opened up today well not today uh i want to say two days ago yesterday yeah um but yeah i went to the the legacy store it's amazing they they literally like just shifted universal store cut that in the middle and put like legacy in the middle it's hilarious um but yeah the the gargoyles from the original uh, universal arches are there which is crazy enough. I'm, I'm, a, I'm surprised they're even alive. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't gotten melted down for like the new section for like the Hogsmeade section. I don't know, something like that. Um, but yeah, just inside, like you would walk in and it's just like information, information. Like I, I'm like a big person with like history. I love history. I love all of that. Like that was my biggest subject in uh, high school and college. So like just seeing like, they have like timelines of like everything that happened from 1990 from when they opened all the way to like 2021 it's just like crazy and i just read everything i literally read everything saw the um the operational um oh my god mortar mortar bike for the the opening of Hagrid's was there oh my god it's just crazy danny i know you were in city walk this past friday night um 
Did you happen to go through the stores? I went through both of them. Well, give us your thoughts. This is we this had- is a breaking news exclusive here on Creating Magic Podcast. <laughs> Let's hear it. And we went into the legacy, legacy store. There's like a lot of um, Weasley's display pieces. Like one of the things I think that people don't do at Universal that they need to is they need to look up. Yep. Is there's so much detail. And in the shop on the top shelves, there's like a lot of like random Weasley products. There was like one like for snow creation and weather things that we like literally just spent time trying to get pictures but i need steven to come back because i need a tall person yeah yeah they (laughs) they they have they have those are actual um i want to say like movie props like i have the the fangs flyer and i saw that one like the first day i walked in there and that thing is like a real like pizza box like that's a real Mm -hmm. huge pizza box and this is nothing compared to that Mm -hmm. thing yeah, they have like a whole basket of sneakoscopes yep. uh, on top of the motorcycle. There's a bunch of, they're like, you just have to keep looking. And then yeah. there is new merch that has dropped. Yep, yep, yep. So there's a lot of new Harry Potter merch going on. Um, our dear friend Russell bought one of the new um, track jacket things. And it has like the cross, a crossover zipper. Mm-hmm. Not explaining that, but if when you see it, you'll go, oh, that makes sense. That's of course, of course, Russell bought it. He has all that, that big tech Bitcoin money. Um, yeah, Russell's rolling in it. He's got deep pockets. Do they, who cares about Harry Potter though? Do they have any Nickelodeon merch from like the old Nick Studios days? I didn't see anything. <sighs> see that's, look, I get that Nickelodeon is a relic of the past and you know, whatever. Um, but like I don't that, recall anything in the store that was that's, that's interesting. Stupid. That's you say stupid that in a, I'm like, oh. area. If they if they could just if they could go back in time and keep all the Nickelodeon stuff and get rid of that awful crusty ride that made my neck and back hurt. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would because Danny and I talk about this a lot, Johnny. I don't know I don't know how you feel about anything that I'm about to say. So this could be a very hot take, but um go for it. <laughs> a lot of universal while I enjoy just walking around it casually, in terms of the actual attractions and the fandom and or the quality of the ride, a lot of it is just kind of walkthrough for us to get to the Wizarding World, right? Like, I know that Men in Black has its sentimental love, and I know that people like that mummy crap and uh, whatever, but a lot of it, look, I don't do scary. I don't, he won't even, he has it. He has, he won't even get on it. So you can't blame his opinion I, based on the actual ride. I his keep opinion my is eyes, he won't. I keep my eyes closed during the spider part of forbidden journey. Oh. That's where we're at. Um, but yeah, just a lot of, Oh, I miss, I, cause my first experience at universal as a kid was going to see slime time live and going through Nick studios. And I remember Jimmy Neutron painted all over the walls of that sound stage and all that stuff. Um, and I miss that. I wish that was a thing that was still around. Yeah. Now, now the the newest thing that came out was basically they kicked off the the Blue Man Group. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything everything seems to be changing every now and then. Um, I know that they were trying to put in this Super Mario World a long time ago into the kid zone. Um, they actually had walls ready to go, and they just said, "No, we'll do it for the Epic Universe one." Then the whole pandemic happened where we might not even see uh, Epic Universe. And now they, they confirm, no, that's still that's still there. We're just, you know, we have to, like, figure things out. But, yeah, um, as far as the kids, right, we saw Barney get out, get kicked out as well. 
yeah, everything, it changes every month. Like I'm just saying, there's that whole fear factor live staging area. And what happens to be right off next to it? The Wizarding World of Harry Potter Diagon Alley. And look, I know that they're building a whole new gate and that's hundreds of millions of dollars and that's going to take up all their time and attention, rightfully so. But they already have that little tiny Nocturne Alley. If they really wanted to expand, they could do anything from a Ministry of Magic to a real Nocturne Alley to something I'm not even thinking of right here and now. They have all of that space. And it would be so incredible. Alas, I don't work at NBC Universal, um, and as far as I know, neither does Danny. So, my ideas are nothing but a dreamer's uh, dreamer's thoughts. So, <laughs> no, yeah, they they have to work with like basically what JK and those people over there give them. So, like for instance, it's very is very restricted. Like the contracts are very like to the dot. Um, like for Mardi Gras, for example, they had sections of like food all over the park, right? You don't see any sections in the Wizarding World section. You get me? Like in London, there's no section. Like it literally stops at the peak. Like uh, it stops um, by where the shark hangs. Exactly, it stops right there, and then it get you see the next one all the way by the Fear Factor. Uh, yeah, across, like a, on that little mini bridge kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, you, you get me? Like, they don't show you. Like, they don't. They don't want anything that's not related to that in that section. They don't allow live actors. Like you see in Disney, where they have uh, Kylo Ren. They have all these people. There's no such thing in the Wizarding World where you're gonna see another Harry Potter guy. Like, there's there, you're not gonna see a Ron running around. You're not gonna see Hagrid. Like, how you Harry? Like, I don't, you're not gonna see these people. <laughs> And look, if they ever change their mind on that one, I'll grow the beard back out and I will apply for that in a heartbeat. If I go walk around the park every day, hello there, traveler, welcome to Universal. Right, I would have so much fun. <laughs> Your impression is way better than mine. Right, like when, it's actually funny, when Danny and I were in City Walk last month, it was the first time I had ever experienced this because usually I'm in the parks until the moment the parks close and then I leave immediately and I don't hang out in City Walk. But um, that guy who sit who sits with the loud with the microphone in the city walk kind of just like heckles people like a stand up comic. Oh yeah, yeah. That's my ideal job. You give me <laughs> that where I can just talk at people as they walk by. Oh, yep. done. Happy well, birthday! And, and now they have them up like on the second level, so when he yep. says something dumb, they can't attack them. Yeah, they're just looking around like, where did that come from? Yeah. And then they, they look up, they're like, oh, it's a guy with a microphone. So let's head into some random Harry Potter questions. And I'm going to bridge this by a question that if you had the opportunity to add any aspect of the books or movies into the park in ride form or just set form, what would it be? I would love to see like an actual like um, Quidditch match, I guess, like or like like a ride of that sort, like just riding a broomstick, like that would have been like so much better than the freaking vomiting thing that they have over there. That would be fun. Oh, that would be so cool. And you could, oh yeah. There's a way to do that. Like if you think of the Avatar ride at Disney. Right, and like, 
you could even bring in the full set thematics of having like the Quidditch goals, like the rings, and like it could look legit. Fear Factor Live is, I mean, I know it's on the wrong side of the park. <laughs> I know this Islands of Adventure because it's Hogsmeade side technically, but if you want to kind of just put a pause on the geographic, you know, canon of the universe, that whole Fear Factor set, like you give me a bulldozer, you give me six hours, that thing will be gone. Yeah, no. Joe Rogan already has enough money. He can we can kick out the, we can kick out the Fear Factor live stadium. Yeah, I would really like to see a night bus ride. Night bus, I'm but like coaster, you. like not just like not. We're not talking Fast and Furious. Like oh, no, no, no. We're talking not, legit no. ride. Don't I don't want. The, <laughs> don't, don't disrespect the Wizarding World like that. <laughs> no, we can't have any of those in, in no the tram world. ride. No, please, no. So, what is your favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite book, least favorite movie? Oh, I would say my favorite book. I'll go with my favorite book. I don't think I have. I have. I'll say my favorite book. <laughs> my favorite book is The Half Blood Prince. I, I like just the aspect of you get to see a lot more of Voldemort's like backstory, which that would be the best movie for me. Like I would love to see like an origins of Voldemort because I'm tired of just the Harry Potter in general. Like I'm done with that story. It's perfect. Don't touch it. Like seal it. And what was the second question? <laughs> Least favorite book. And then same with the movies. Oh, my favorite movie, I forgot. My favorite movie was probably the first one. It's just nostalgic. Um, least favorite book, I honestly don't know. I, I what about don't. like least return to? Like if okay. you're going to pick up the set, what is the last one you're going to choose? Possibly the, the, the last one, just because it's like just the biggest one. And I'm just like, I, I, could, I could deal with like what they did in the movie. Um, and then I already read it once, you know, like I already know the, like the little details. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to reread the, the book again. Um, and the least favorite movie at a point, it used to be The Prisoner of Azkaban. But then that became my second favorite book, just because I, of course, I, I love uh, just the, the serious aspect. And like he was an amazing uncle. Like I wish he was my uncle at some point reading that book. I was like, oh, my God, he bought him a uh, uh, the fireball was it the fireball or oh my god he, he bought him the broom once he fell I just remember that part I'm like oh my god this guy does care he's not trying to kill you Harry don't worry <laughs> what would your favorite classes at Hogwarts be favorite classes I honestly probably potions I would I would probably make Felix Felices every other day and just like take little sips here and there <laughs> you do know there's side effects of like incessant giggling from taking too much that that's i would i would deal with giggling especially like if i get good luck all year round I'll just take little sips <laughs> marginalize yeah like, i mean that loki sounds like a drug addiction but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to delve into that. We're, it's totally fine. We're just going to, we're going to plow straight through. Uh, <laughs> the giggling. Uh, here's another question that Danny typically asks that I actually think is a good one um, is if you could introduce one 
like normal class, like like muggle class into the wizarding curriculum. Because as we know, there is no like actual practical education at Hogwarts. It's like, yeah. you know, hey, can you blow stuff up or can you, you know, read Turn the stars? Turn buttons. Right, yeah. Uh, if you could introduce like a normal class into the wizarding curriculum, what class would you introduce? I, I would say history. And I know that's because it's my favorite subject, but I feel like you being a wizard, you should know what the muggles went through in the and as far as history just to like understand like where they come from like why are they the way they are and like theoretically between history of magic and muggle studies you would think that if they were taught properly by either a professor who wasn't dead or well i guess they're both dead because burbage gets got and bins has always been dead so yeah they're 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 both dead professors uh, <laughs> dark if if they both were taught properly like you probably could get a pretty good education there but history of magic is just negligent and (laughs) muggle studies sounds like it's a good class but no one takes it because it's muggle studies so that's a good one i like that just like the history of them yeah i say them like if i'm not (laughs) (laughs) if you were hanging out with anyone from the potter books who would be like your friend group I I'd honestly just hang out with Ron. Ron just sounds like the funniest person that you could like hang out with. Um, him and yeah, just just him, I guess. Like I also like, I don't know if this is like a unpopular opinion, but I liked Vernon. Like I just liked his aspect of like not caring, like not knowing too much. Like the oh, what's it called? Like he he just didn't know enough to care about what these wizards were up to. He's just like, oh, that 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 wizard magic. <laughs> this is insane. So this is legitimately insane. We've done this podcast now for like 60 something episodes. Um like we're on we're on the you know the back nine towards 100 episodes here. And I don't think anyone to date has ever willfully said something positive about the Dursleys. And you're like, yeah, you know, Vernon's my guy. <laughs> That's I, wild. I love, I love Vernon just because of like, like the the dumb stuff that he says. Like, I'm not gonna let. Uh, oh my god, now I'm like forgetting lines. But he's basically like, I'm not gonna like pay to have this guy treat him like this old guy treat him like, um, like magic tricks. Like, it's just <laughs> hilarious because like I can see that actually happening. Like. Like if I was, you know, getting accepted into the wizarding world, not that I'm going to be anytime soon, I'm like 24, but like if like some crazy guy dressed in a robe walked into my house and said, this guy has a gift, he does blah, 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 blah. And my parents are like, what? Like, I'm not going to pay to have my child go to like, or like have this old guy teach him like magic tricks. Steven's parents would have sent him away immediately. They're like, take him. We don't care. We don't care what you teach him. The line, for the record, um, is I'm not paying for some crackpot old fool to teach him magic tricks. And then Hagrid grabs his umbrella. Never insult Albus Dumbledore in front of me. Right? Yeah. Um, like you know, those we've had, type of lines are like hilarious to me. We've we've had a fair share of listeners who miss the olden days of the podcast where I would just randomly break out into impression and or song. And I feel like we're giving them that with this one. I feel, yeah, you know, man. yeah. You got to give them the old or the new. <laughs> <laughs> so you already mentioned the Voldemort backstory, um, which I love. I think that's a great one. 
Um, are there any other uh, plot lines, kind of types of series that you'd like to see if and when Warner Media starts developing new projects? Well, f- funny enough, you said that. Like as soon as they announced all of that, I got a huge flag. Like my my comments section. Like if you want to see some crazy stuff, go to my comment section. And people are like, "How dare you put like fake news out there?" oh, we don't even know if it's confirmed. I'm like, I'm just a content creator. Like, I'll create whatever, like, I want also. And, like, if it's new, new, like, people are talking about it. Even if it's fake, like, that's those are those views. <laughs> those are views. People are going to want to be interested in it. Uh, so, yeah, I posted that that video, and it got a good, good, good little view. Uh, just because people are honestly genuinely interested in, like, finally there's something, like, you know, they creak through the crevices of like the Warner Brothers, like freaking walls of like there might possibly be like another, you know, another anything. Honestly, like I'll take anything that they have to give me. I just need more of it. I'm tired of I mean, I'm not tired because I, I literally watch that movie like those movies every other day, you know, every now and then. Sorry. And I just need something new. I need I need to see anything new. Let's <laughs> head into some creator shout outs. Oh, man. Sounds great, Danny. Let's head into some creator shout-outs. <laughs> um, first, I would like to give a huge shout-out to Orlando Informer. Like, they they have been amazing with me from Michaela to Zandra, Trevor, Taylor, like all those people over there. They're just probably my number one company to work with. Um, Hector, of course. I, I love my boy, Hector. Um, just honestly, like I have so many of them. Um, dear Danelle, Carla from uh, GeoJammies, just all of, oh, uh, Nicolette, big shout out to Nicolette. Uh, she she actually was a, one of the first and only people who have like told me like, if you need a place to stay, like I have a house, I have a nice room, you can stay here for free. I'm like, what? Like, I just met you, like, and you're letting me say it was just amazing. She's she's an amazing person. Um, but yeah, the, those are just the first ones that come to mind. Danny, who are your creator shout outs for this week? Not you. And it's really <laughs> never me. So it's fine. That's, you know, this is not different than any other episode. I am going to shout out our friend. This is going back to one of our first episodes, Emily at the Nerd Jacket. Because she just just brings positivity and joy and her feed even when it's not pottery related it just makes you happy so shout out to you emily i can't wait until there's something where we can see each other again and if the listeners want to learn more about emily and her backstory you can of course subscribe to creating magic podcast wherever you're enjoying this podcast and if you have not yet listened to that episode or any of our original episodes Take the time and go back to the start of our catalog. There's more than, look, I'm not good with math, but if we have about 60 episodes and they're each about an hour each, somewhere somewhere north of 60 hours worth of content for you to listen to and catch up with some amazing people across the Potter community, uh, across the globe. So um, that's great. Love that. I also would like to shout out the Orlando Informer. This is not my planned shout out, but I will just say... Um, daily viewer to the website. Um, I particularly loved the recent slate of park comparison pieces that that y'all had going on, comparing kind of who does it better, Disney versus Universal, across a whole different slew of metrics. Loved that. Um, 
if you're getting any IP address hits from, from Connecticut or probably Virginia, because I think that's where my server is from, that would be me. You're welcome. Um, but my two shout outs for this week first goes to a uh, friend of the pod, Samantha Ferry, the half blood Hufflepuff, um, sending her some good vibes and positive thoughts. Uh, she's got some stuff going on. So uh, shout out to you, Sam. We love you. Love a good Hufflepuff and hope you're feeling okay. And then my second shout out, uh, avid followers of the Muggle and Khakis brand will have noticed that for the first time since its inception, my profile photo changed the other day. Uh, that is because a uh, very nice guy I met through Clubhouse, uh, Brock M. Brock Johnson, volunteered to make me a new profile headshot. So love that. He's a cool guy. I don't know much about him other than he volunteered to make me a cool headshot, and he did that out of the goodness of his heart. So that's enough in my book. I appreciate you. Thanks for all that you do for the community. And that's what I got, Danny. I have like one or two questions that I I would like to to give out to. to that's Steve. right. We forgot, oh, that's about, right. We forgot forgot. about this. Bring it on. Bring it all on. All right. First question. I don't know if you have gotten this. I, I would assume you have gotten this one. Why the khakis? <laughs> <laughs> good question um (laughs) like ever since i was a child (laughs) no um well kind of he was born wearing khakis (laughs) i really wasn't um no i went to a school with a dress code from sixth grade through 12th grade and so i had to wear khakis every day um for you know the better part of my formative years in middle school and high school so um they kind of just stuck with me and they've evolved over time right uh, as i've gotten older the the inseam on the shorts has gotten higher and smaller and um the khakis themselves have gone from kind of those like not they're not flares but kind of the very wide like dockers to a lot more tailored look so you know it's evolving over You've time the joggers oh god the khaki joggers i have are the comfiest <laughs> pair of pants i've ever owned um but that's why is i grew up uh, at a school where I had dress code. And so it's kind of just ingrained in me. <laughs> Got you. Uh, and what's your favorite type of butterbeer? I know I said mine was a frozen. My second would be hot butterbeer. But <laughs> you guys, please don't tell me you guys are regular butterbeer people. No, God, no. So Stephen and our butterbeer opinions, I believe, are pretty similar. Um, I rank hot butterbeer as one. And then frozen... And then, like, 18 miles down the list is regular. Yeah, that's accurate. And then to flesh out that list a little bit more. Well, here's what I would say, actually, is hot butter beer is, like, the undisputed champ for me. Then, depending on the mood that I'm in, like, depending on how the day's going, the temperature, my, my food intake throughout the day, I can make an argument for either the butter beer soft serve or the frozen. Um, in terms of how much I like them, they're the same, but in terms of, like, they, they definitely have different scenarios where I'd consume them. Um, so you go two, three, you go two, three with the ice cream, the soft serve and the frozen in either order. Um, then probably those little potted cream things. I like those. Those are good. I would love the fudge if the fudge was higher quality, but it's at a theme park. So what can I really expect? Oh, um, and then finally, like, again, like I eat, I'd eat like a jacket potato that had been in the trash for half an hour. I'd eat like, you know, that awful fish smell they pump out of the leaky cauldron 
to give yeah. Diagon Alley that like London fish smell. I would eat that fish, like just raw, like that <laughs> disgusting rotting fish smell. Um, I would, this is probably not a good thing to say in the middle of a global pandemic, but I would like lick the Escape from Gringotts uh, ride seats. You're going too oh, far. Yeah. I would do a bunch of stuff and then I would drink the normal butterbeer because that stuff is not good. All right, so I have a funny and somewhat embarrassing story for you guys. Um, I was there one, like the last day that they had the parks open due to the pandemic. I was there the first day that they closed. Well, the last day they closed. And then the first day that they opened. Well, the first day that they opened, I would I decided to go ahead and try the fudge um, butterbeer, right? And I was in the back uh, of the three broomsticks. I was eating, right? And mind you, this is like, whole pandemic going on everyone's like going crazy i started choking on the fudge and i literally like is right here and i just started coughing and i'm like cough 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 and i'm like i'm holding my cough in i filmed it and everything um i know a lot of my my og followers saw that but i was just like dude you see we're here like this people started looking at me and i'm like i'm choking and my eyes are like crying i'm just like oh my god i i need a cough so i just take one big <laughs> cough and i'm just like oh my i'm getting it i'm getting the hell out of here anything for content right anything for views <laughs> I, mean, I was like i'm like if i'm gonna choke right now i might as well fucking record it <laughs> oh jeez, I, I i appreciate the dedication but good god <laughs> So with the butterbeer, I'm going to throw out another shout out because Bradley made a butterbeer version this past week, I think he posted. He made like three different ones. And I told him, daddy wants a taste. And he said, daddy, and then in parentheses, has to make it himself. And I thought it was the funniest (laughs) response I ever received. Um, Yeah. God, Bradley, I miss you. I love you. Um, Please send me free Harry Potter foods. Also, How they'd fare from the UK. What would you guys like think the, the the Wizarding World would look like if Disney was to get a hold of it or was to have got it? Yeah, I saw that face. <laughs> You're like, what? Well, because they were the first like runners up. Well, there's, yeah, so there's two different ways to answer this because there's answering it with the knowledge of what they originally planned, which is not that great of a look. It's like a pre Galaxy Edge and a post Galaxy Edge. Right, basically. Creating. But again, I've had this conversation on this podcast so many times. It's a game of chicken or egg because you could argue that Galaxy's Edge exists in the version that it does because of how successful the Wizarding World was. So, yeah. Because uh, pre-Galaxy's th- Edge, I don't think it would be nearly as immersive. It would, it wouldn't it would be, feel. It would be. It would be kind. I don't. I think not dissimilar to what Toy Story Land is like. Toy Story Land yeah. is great, but. It's not, and I don't think this is a problem because I don't, I think they did a great job with it, but it's not like fully immersive. It's not like this insane sensory experience. You don't Um, feel like you've shrunken down and become a toy. Yeah, like it it, it feels very much, it feels very much like how Dueling Dragons felt once they rebranded it into Potter. It felt like, like, it feels like an area that is really well done, but could be retrofitted to some other fandom to be non-thematic, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of a look. I think if, Nowadays, if Disney got a hold of it, it would be like, I, I oh, good God. Yeah, yeah. I have now. goosebumps and a, I have a, I need to change the khakis thinking about <laughs> what that could look like. Like thinking like on the 
lane of the Star Wars hotel that's opening. Like if they had, yeah. like, it'd be very different now versus when initially things were looking, being considered. Yeah, because I remember that they, the whole thing was basically uh, 260 or 250 million for um, just the rights. And apparently, I might be wrong, but apparently J.K. Rowling, like Disney wanted to just get it and do whatever they wanted with it. And J.K. Rowling's like, that's not how, how I fly around here. Um, so it just went to Universal, Universal got it. And within six months, they made their money back with butterbeer <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah they just wanted the sales yeah they wanted to do a couple things they wanted to basically they wanted to control the ip which big problem for everyone's favorite jkr yeah. and then they wanted to basically do like an equivalent of the um the buzz lightyear ride with like a little tiny like like ca- fast casual thematic restaurant and like a little petting zoo thing I had read at one point too, like a magical petting zoo with like fake young animals. And that was it, right? And JKR was like, we're not doing any of that. I will take my money elsewhere. Um, yeah. But now- Yeah, like funny enough, like I was, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my recent picture of like the, the shirts that I was uh, promoting that like, I can't talk about it legally, but like, just know that I don't underestimate JK Rowling. Like that, that, that place is no longer, they, they're revamping, like they're changing everything, basically. Like that lady does not play. That's kind of why, I don't know if you guys remember, um, my original name was Johnny Slytherin and I changed it completely to the Collecting Wizard just because I knew ahead of, you know, like in the future, that lady was going to come after me for the Slytherin in my it's, last name. We, we thought about it when deciding on a podcast name is that we didn't i thought about it when (laughs) deciding on a podcast name yeah that's the one yeah yeah and look that's no pun intended that's a fire shirt fire she was she actually like i told her um she was gonna launch within 30 minutes and i'm like can you like hook me up with two shirts like take them out of the thing she's like i got you just pick them up tomorrow and I drove all the way up there got them and she was like oh I'm already getting the second ones done but yeah if you go into her account like there's nothing yep yeah and I was, she's like I can't say anything but um don't underestimate that lady yeah that lady does not play well Warner Brothers in general yeah they will. Yeah. that's like that's their baby mm-hmm. which also well I am just all about the cross promotional plugs here um, we actually had a really great episode. If you want to learn more about the legal business working relationship between Warner Brothers and third-party vendors, uh, we spoke with Conquest Journals a handful of months ago. It's somewhere in the middle. I would say if this episode today with Johnny is kind of like on a scale of zero to 100, like episode 100, right? Somewhere around like the two-thirds mark, you know, I'd go like pro- Danny probably knows better than I am when we released that. But um really fascinating insights in terms of how third-party licensed third-party vendors work with Warner Brothers on a creative and contractual business relationship. It's in September, September 25th episode at the Conquest Journals. So they're the, um, you've seen some of them in the parks. They have some of their journals in the parks um, and the baby book was the most recent thing you've probably seen it on the gram is the baby's first yearbook um that's all harry potter and they have the licensing to do those books 
We also had a great episode. I will shout out a good friend of the pod and good friend of Steven at this point, even though we don't talk, I just really appreciate her content. Uh, Meridia, um, who is a, um, uh, she a marketing coordinator? Copyright. She's- yeah, copyright. Cop- she, she, does, she does copywriting over at Funko. Um, and we focused a lot more heavily on the creative side of any sort of third party vendor relationship, not necessarily the business side of it, but really great conversation with Meridia from Funko. Um, I won't ask Danny to find that episode, but it's in that similar time range of September. November 12th. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, a couple of great episodes in the backlog, in the catalog there of Creating Magic, dealing with third-party vendors. You're welcome. <laughs> and I don't know how much time you guys have left, but um, have you guys seen the Justice League director's cut? Yes. <laughs> I know it's like not Harry Potter related, but we could make it Harry Potter related. Um, if you guys would like to see a director's cut of the Harry Potter movies. Oh. <laughs> Both of you just looking up at this guy. Well, well th- thinking about this realistically, I think the movie that most needed a director's cut was Goblet of Fire. Because Goblet of Fire is a travesty of a movie for people who have read the books. Yeah. Um, I think obviously because they split it into two, there's probably a lot of content on the cutting room floor, some of which we've seen through deleted scenes and all that for Deathly Hallows 1 and 2. But I think the movie that would most closely resemble Zack Snyder's artistic, like, feel. Yeah, would, would have to be Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Because Quaron took the most artistic kind of painter-esque lens to the, to the movies throughout the films. And so I have to imagine there's like dozens of hours of stuff on the cutting room floor there that he would love to bring back in. Yeah, like you kind of have to think of like the directors because like in my head, I would want a better version of five, but I don't want that director's cut because I don't like how it was handled. Yeah, how it was handled, yeah. Yeah, no, once once they passed like the third movie, it was just like they like the book went here and the movie went over here. It was like... Like, I mean, just watch, um, Harry, do you take a look? Like, that, that's not how I read it. Yeah, but the, the movies that those movies, that movie's uh, fatal flaws start far before that. Because that's bad. And that's the one everyone loves talking about. And look, it's awful. But the worst thing that movie does is in the opening scene, in the cold open, as, um, as cold Frank open. Bryce is walking through the house. And you see... Barty Crouch Jr. do the little tongue flick. So then the rest of the movie, if you've paid attention to that, every time Moody does the tongue flick, like, oh, this is the guy that was with Voldemort. He's the bad guy. Mr. Yeah, there was no reveal. No, not at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm obsessed with like the first, the first movie is just like the one that I always go to just to like, just as nostalgic, the colors, Christmas, all of that. Just amazing. Yeah, and like, I think Chris Columbus, if you're to do a director's cut for him, I think he just did a very good job at depicting kind of like everyday life at Hogwarts, right? Yeah, and, and, so, well, and you have to also recall they had a lower budget. That too, but yeah. I'm saying like if you had the director's cut of Chris Columbus, it would be like a very good just kind of like, hey, this is just like almost kind of like The Office, the way that like cameras are in theory are following around the characters of The Office, right? It would just be cameras following around the everyday lives of these wizard students, which is great. I'm here for it, um, right? Whereas like Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, 
right, introduced a whole nother level of plot that wasn't in the original theatrical release, yeah. right? Um, yeah, the yeah, ending I, alone was like, what the heck? Yeah, I there mean, was no, there was no Russian family being, yeah, being, being saved. Yeah, um, and that was great. I was, that was a great change. I loved it. Or even like the whole cyborg story, like yeah. that got butchered out of the initial cut. Or Barry and his love for hot dogs and women in distress, <laughs> right? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, a lot I of changes. Dogs. Um. All right, let's not do a Justice League pod because that would be a whole other three hours. Let's cut this thing. Um, Johnny, remind all the listeners where we can keep up with all of your adventures on social media. Oh, uh, it's basically, you know, the Collecting Wizard on everything, Instagram, uh, YouTube, even TikTok, and on Twitter that I have to like shorten it. So it's like the Collecting WZ or WIZ, the Wiz, something like that. We had to shorten ours on Twitter also. We are creating magic PC. PC. Because <laughs> we're you know? always politically correct here. That's us. You know me. Always politically correct. Um, no, this was truly a pleasure. Um, like I said, you, you you do some of the coolest stuff on social media. And so um, really appreciative that you took time out of um, out of your life to come chat with us for a while. Oh, man, it was amazing. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Oh, this is actually the first time I actually talked to you guys. Like, just I've never seen you guys in in person. It's always just through DM. So this is a, a viral, I guess, uh, moment for us. Yeah, well, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to run into each other at the parks. I was going to say, and we'll change that because Danny, you know, lives in her mind like half a block from Universal. Really, <laughs> you know, a little longer, and I come down frequently enough to where yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make that a reality. We'll we'll, we'll take Steven to Hollywood Horror Nights. Oh. I'm not going. Oh. Sorry. Uh, I oh. went this past. My friends went this past year. I left them and I went and sat on the balcony and people watched at Cowfish while they enjoyed haunted things. I just that sounds so awful. Who yes. who wants to be scared? Like who's like sign me up, please? I will give you money to scare me for a couple hours. No, no. If you're an annual pass holder, you know it comes free. With Their it. name is Chelsea. Oh, yeah, Chelsea. That is Chelsea who. Shout out to you, Chelsea. I don't <laughs> understand you at all, but what else is new? Um, <laughs> oh, God, no, cut the episode. I can't talk about this anymore. End it. End it. Now, listen to your mind. I'm going to bed. So I'm going to come up with another clever idea to get us killed. What? Expelled.